Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Oh my God, you're excited. Jason Shear. Why am I excited, Jason? Tell me. Arizona won. Yay! And Shelby's been talking shit just the whole night long. I have been flaming Jason all night long. When it was clear that Arizona was going to win, they did defeat... Nay, they dominated Washington State tonight, 44-6. to We will get into why I've been messing with Jason after this kind word from our sponsor. What better way to celebrate, Shelby? <laughs> what better way to celebrate than homefieldapparel.com? Go to the website right now. Right now. Enter the code WILDCATSCOOP23, all caps, one word, and buy your gear, first order, 15% off. Goodbye, Washington State. Yeah, after this win, I don't know if Washington State has a collection anymore. Wow. Okay. I'm just well, saying. I don't know if we can say that, but gosh darn it, we will. <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Um. Anyway, uh, if you recall in the Washington State game preview podcast at our predictions, uh, Jason predicted this would be a close game. He said it would be 24. 27 to 27 24. 27 to 24. I was close. I said it would be 35 to 14. And he literally made fun of me and said I was predicting a blowout. And, oh, I'm being such a homer. Blah, blah, blah. And guess what happened? Do you know what happened? I believe it was a blowout. Yes, I wasn't right right. But I was right about the blowout. I knew that Arizona was going to do this because they were due. It was going to happen. Due. And it happened spectacularly. <clears throat> so, here's the first question. Are you ready? Are you ready? I wish you could see it through the computer. I'm just so excited. That shit-eating grin she's got I'm just so happy. We were in the car. We always kind of like, we have uh, Brielle tonight by ourselves, or by ourselves alone because Aurora's out camping with a friend. So our victory after the game, we celebrated 
uh, with our 10 year old at Chick-fil-A, which is <laughs> very, uh, very family oriented. And then we did our little drive around town and I was just like beaming the whole time. And Jason looked over and he's like, you're much nicer after Arizona wins than when they don't win. And that's very true. I, am I was much like, nicer. what's wrong? She's like, Everything is perfect. I was everything like, all is right, great. Smart. I was like, all right, smart. And she's like, no, really, everything's great. And I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, is this something that we should have seen coming? And by we, I saw it coming. <laughs> well, explain, Shelby, why you did why you did see it coming. I've been saying that Arizona was on the cusp of something. Like all these little pieces were starting to kind of like come together. Um, and they just couldn't quite get over it. And sometimes it was circumstance. Sometimes like there was shitty roughing, like whatever it was, but like they've been literally about ready to go over that hump. You don't have all of this talent that Jed has amassed. You've got Johnny Nansen, who's got the defense in a really good position where that wasn't going to click. And we all knew, and Arizona has a history of doing this where they, they will beat someone they have no business beating. I mean, we need to talk about the fact, and I'm sure we will. Washington was ranked number 19 in the in the country, and they absolutely did not look like they should even have been ranked at all. Yeah, people got to remember, like this is the same Washington State team that beat Wisconsin and beat Oregon State. Oregon State is six and one. Their only loss is to Washington State, mm-hmm. who put up 38 points, I believe, off the top of my head. I think it was 38, 35 in that game. And if he's wrong, don't come after him. Literally at the top of my <laughs> We head. don't care. Very impressive by me. You are very impressive. Oh um, anyway, so uh, that's why I had a gut feeling. Plus, you know, I always pick Arizona. That's my running bit. But there, the deeper meaning behind that was because I know that Jed is very good at harnessing the troops. And after that crushing loss uh, to USC, they were either going to sink or swim. This is Noah's third time out um, against a ranked team, by the way. And there was just going to be all of these pieces. That I just knew they were going to come together eventually. So that's kind of where I came from. Yeah, and... I mean, I think that, like, I saw, I told Shelby, she even, I made her bet. That's me. I, made, I even made her bet her, her draft king money on Arizona. Yeah, all $13. Money, money line is to take it, honey. They're going to win. Um, now she's rich breaking up with me i have 45 dollars. the money's flowing it's disgusting but i think a win was definitely within reason and you could you did pick arizona yeah like i i thought arizona would win this game Uh, i did not see this coming i thought it like you gotta understand here what we just witnessed on a bigger scale (laughs) i'm choking i'm so excited tell us jason washington state is really good like, statistically, they're one of the best defenses in the country. Their offense is really good. Their only game where they didn't move the ball at will was last week against UCLA. So, before the game, you see that Lincoln Victor, who's arguably their best receiver, um, comes and he's healthy. And you're like, okay, he's on a snap count, but he's still healthy. And then you see that Jake Dickert is moving the offensive line around, benching Esapole, who I had said was one of the worst linemen in the country, benched him to start the game, and you start thinking to yourself, this is this reminds me of the Cal game, right? Where Cal ran for 400 yards after changing around their line a couple years ago. Right. What, you know, whatever. Um, Esipole wound up going back in the game in the second half because the offensive line made no difference. 
uh, Lincoln Victor made no difference. He only finished with four catches for 19 yards. Uh, I did not see, like, if you put on this game and you didn't know anything about these two teams, you would think Arizona was a top 10 team. Like, it was that type of performance. I mean, it was probably, I'm trying to think, Mike Luke and I were talking about this too, I, I'm trying to remember the last time, not that Arizona came up with an upset, because like Arizona beat UCLA last year. This is the most complete game that Arizona's played. All sides of the ball. Like, in a while. Like, special teams was awesome. Uh, offense was awesome. Defense was awesome. Like, I'd have to go back and really look. It's not at the top of my head. I mean, Arizona, 5-for-5 five five in the red zone. 10-for-17 uh, on third down. 1-for-1 uh, one one on fourth down. I mean... You look at time of possession, 38 minutes to 21. Everything that Arizona wanted to do in this game, it did. Like, if you had told, ask Jetfish before the game, name the three things that you want to accomplish, and he would tell you, Arizona accomplished it in this game. I mean, that was just in, in ass-kicking. Like, the, like, Washington State did not look like the number 19 team in the country. And I got a text from... Uh, a guy that has actually announced Pac-12 games uh, on a consistent basis. Jason and, gets texts from fancy people and, all the time. And he made a point. I was like, yeah, people are going to think Wazoo sucks now. And he's like, not if they know football. Like, Wazoo is the same team that beat Wisconsin. You know, beat their, their only loss was by eight points to what was the best uh, defense or one of the best defenses in the country before the Oregon State uh, killed them. But, um, you know, you... I said in the in the pregame, the preview, it's going to go one of two ways. Arizona is either going to break through or they're going to get blown out. I didn't think they would lose a close game. I just think eventually those close games will wear you. And then Washington State starts on the first drive, and it's easy. I mean, it's just really easy. Like, and you're like butter. And you're like, oh, crap. I have no idea why they went for And two. then they went for that weird two-point conversion. Uh, no idea why they did that. And then Arizona comes right back and scores. And you turn to me, and you're like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Like 90, said it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, 90 points total. And then, uh, instead of that, they proceed to score uh, 43 or 44 unanswered points. And the defense was a banger. <laughs> and, and just completely, I mean, the, changed the game around. It, it was wild. But should we have seen it coming? Not like this. I think people are, I, I, I know Shelby, but. I mean, me. Most people but are most full people of crap. Me. Like, oh, yeah, Arizona's going to go on the road and win by five touchdowns, no doubt. Mm. Okay, well, we'll break it Five touchdowns, Shelby. Five touchdowns. Can I read the question? Busy tizzies, busy. Busy tizzy. Uh, let's start with the offense. What can we say about Noah Fafita that can't, hasn't already been said? I think the best thing about Noah, it was wrapped up by the coverage at the, the end of the game. Yeah, he's so sweet. He sprints over. To his his mom, seventy eight person Polynesian family. His mom and all of his day. aunties. And he hugs mama, and he hugs aunties, and and, and and it's and he does the interview, and you listen to the interview, and you're like, once in a while, I'll say this kid, whether it's Fafita, whatever, this kid is everything that's right about college basketball or college football. Like this is why you watch kids like Noah Fafita or why you watch college football. He should be the face of your program. He goes on the road, and you can make an argument, and we'll get to this in a minute, but you can make an argument that he's literally playing for his job. Because if he doesn't play well against Washington State, 
Jaden DeLore is probably starting, right? He goes out there, and he completes 80% of his passes for 342 yards. He didn't throw a touchdown, didn't need to. He had a rushing touchdown. I think he was half a yard short. Um, by the way, that tackle that the defensive lineman made for Wazoo was the best defensive play they had all game. Right, yeah, just to trip him up right there was Um, crazy. Really, really nice tackle. But I think tonight was the first night that he made throws where you're like, oh, shit. Like, he had to play, I think it was a 14-yard pass, maybe it was an 18-yard pass to T-Mac, where he, like, almost threw it sidearm. Yeah, it was weird. And split defenders. Like, that is a literal NFL throw. I'm not saying Noah's an NFL quarterback, right? But he's got the goods. But he, that is an NFL throw. Uh, the throw to McLaughlin later in the game. That's oh. an NFL throw on the sideline. Um, and again, the thing that's so impressive is he's not forcing things. Like, he'll look. And even he had one play where he threw it out of bounds, out of the back of the end zone. And you were even like, what is he doing? And then you realize, well, no one's open. Mm-hmm. And so you play Sometimes it, it happens. And even and Yogi Roth was like, look, people might be like, what was he doing? That's a great play. Didn't throw a pick. You know, we saw the other day in the Colorado game and Shador Sanders in a similar situation run around and throw a game losing pick. Right? You you have to live to play For another the next right. Play. And that's something where if you call a go route and the go route's not there, Noah's throwing to Jonah Coleman and picking up five yards. Right. And it may not seem like a lot, the five yards, but all of a sudden it's second and five instead of first and ten. And that's why you're 10 of 17 on third down. Um, because you don't have to go third and 20, third and 15, third and 10. It's not always a desperation call. And he just, he has complete control of the offense and knows what he wants to do. Is he perfect? No. Is there going to be a game this season where he throws a couple picks? Probably. Hopefully not, but Probably. But the difference is he could throw that pick and you feel confident in saying, you know what, he's not he's not gonna make that mistake. Again. Right. Like he he made it, he's gonna learn from it, he's gonna move on. Players seem to play hard for him, teammates adore him, you know, just a great kid all around. Um, but I think tonight was probably the first game of the season where he made throws and you're just like, Oh, okay. Like that I didn't know you had that. And it myself included. I watched Noah for a while now, that throw to T-Mac, I didn't know he had that in him. I mean, that was as good of a college football throw as you're going to see. Okay. Yay. Love to hear that. Um, well, is the starting quarterback job his at this point after this performance tonight? So I had said that if he won the game and played well, I didn't see any scenario where he wouldn't start. And that it felt, I think I even posted, it felt like a setup almost. Like, Noah, we're going to give you one more shot. We're going to give you one more shot before we head into the bye week where Jaden is going to be healthy. There's no way that we could say after bye week and then the following week that Jaden isn't healthy. And then he goes out and he does this. Um, Jed Fish was asked after the game about the quarterback situation. And if you remember against USC, it was Jaden is our starter. Against Washington, it was, if Jaden is healthy, he is our starter. Tonight, after the Wazoo game, it was, let's just concentrate on this game. No comment. No comment. That, to me, signifies a quarterback change. Because you're not going to tell the media, if Jaden's the guy, you're going to just say it, right? Right. 
um, if Jaden's not the guy, you're not telling the media first. You're saying, let me get back to Tucson and have a discussion with my coaches and Jaden. I can't see Jed Fish standing in front of, and this is more important than the fans. I know the fans would be pissed and all that. But at the end of the day, Jed doesn't answer to the fans in a way. He does a little bit. But Jed would have to get in front of his team and say, look, man, Noah, 44-6 on the road against the number 19 team in the country. We lost by two points to USC on the road. We lost to Washington by seven. But damn it, I'm going with Jaden Delora. I just, I can't. And I'm not saying he won't do it, but I think the blowback internally would be much worse than like a bunch of guys on a message board, you know, saying. Being mad being or mad. Being, someone being mad on Twitter. I just can't see. How do you tell your offensive line? How do you tell that to Noah and just not assume that Noah's like, well, peace out. And then if Noah, yeah. you know, and, and so again, and, and it's a bigger picture. He's everything that's right about college football. I would be very surprised. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. If Arizona doesn't just say, and I, and I think it could come as soon as Monday. So this week, Jed Fish has one press conference. It's only on Monday because there's a bye week. Maybe he waits just because. But, I know Jed will probably wait. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked because nothing shocks me with coaches. They make bad decisions all the time. Um, but I think in this case, I just, how do you do it, right? Like, how do you tell Noah he hasn't earned that job? I also think that coaches fall into the trap of, you know, we aren't the people that spend thousands of hours with that quarterback. Clearly, he has a connection with Jaden Delora. However, he also has to take all of the pros and cons into consideration for the lifeblood and the best thing that it, for Arizona, for the, if the whole program as is a holistic unit. And if you take all of those things, knowing that there were issues, you know, off the field with Jaden, there's, you know, his wild card ability, you know, to make everybody nervous. There's just no, I agree with you that it, he would lose the, you know, trust of all of his players if he did that 
Jed has done a very good job of keeping his team together. A very, very good job. Kevin Sumlin couldn't even fathom being able to do this. At the end of Rich Rod, it broke apart. These are the decisions where I legitimately believe that if Jed goes to the team and says Jaden Delora is our starting quarterback, he will lose a chunk of that team. And now you're spending time getting your team back together mm-hmm. as opposed to getting them. And it would be a large portion that our team know, and I'm sure Jaden has his supporters on the team. I think that's normal. Um, but Noah is such a likable kid, and now you're taking away from the the objective on the field, and now you have to mm-hmm. deal with more internal stuff and things like that. And that, you know, I mentioned this last week, that that is the first crossroads of Jed Fish's career. It is now Noah has made it a very easy decision. Yeah. like All it, the pieces are in place now. Right. Like, and if Jaden Delora had started today and Arizona won the 44-6, to six, it would have been an easy decision then too. But I think Jaden, in a way, it made this whole thing, it, it, not in a way, it absolutely made this whole thing easier by seeing what we saw tonight. Like, if Noah had thrown two picks and Arizona lost, easy. Just go back to Jaden Delora. Really. I mean, I love Noah, but Jed would have easily been able to justify it. I just don't know. And look, in the Pac-12 Network said it after the game when we watched. There's national writers that are saying the same thing. And I know Jed doesn't answer to them and all that. But it is very easy. And now you have to face a backlash if you don't go with Noah externally and internally. Right. We'll see what happens. I think he'll do the right thing. But, okay. Um, this was a night where Arizona really showed its running back depth. What do we think about that? Yeah, this was... Uh, <laughs> Impressive. Another serving of Crow. Because people had been asking me why Speedy Luke wasn't playing. And I said because he's not really good enough uh, to be playing. Now, to be fair, uh, he had the 40-yard touchdown, which was just ridiculous. And his next was nine carries for 30 yards, which isn't great. About three yards a carry. Um, but him, he finished with 10 carries, right? Um, really just... You know, you can make an argument Arizona has the deepest running back room in the conference. Uh, Speedy Luke gets his 10 carries for 71 yards. Jonah Coleman, the greatest running back in college football history. Uh, 11 catches, or sorry, 11 carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns. DJ Williams, 12 carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. Washington State's defense is good, Shelby. Mm -hmm. Uh, 37 carries for 174 yards and five rushing touchdowns. I mean, and, and that's and that's when we go back to time of possession as well, 38, because you're just running. Like, it was just second and five, third and two, you know, things like that. Um, and, and then with Jonah Coleman, four catches for 98 yards, and 90 of those 98 yards came after the catch. Like, with Jonah, you know, we talk about the quarterback competition. I love Michael Wiley. Mm-hmm. He's another guy that's just everything that's right about college football. You can't give him the starting spot back. You can give him 10 carries a game still. You can go the route even that they did tonight where, hey, you know what, Jonah, we're going to give you 12 carries, five catches. You're going to get 15 to 20 touches. Michael Wiley, you're going to get 10. You know, Speedy, you'll get five to seven. DJ, you'll get five. I mean, it's it's insane when you think about it. It's a, it's a good problem to have. It is an but, embarrassment of riches. Um, You know, 
I, it just it feels like Jonah Coleman is the one, like similar to Noah. You know what you're getting out of Jonah every single game. Speedy Luke, you don't. He could have a game like this where he's awesome. You don't know. DJ Williams is pretty consistent, but not spectacular. Uh, Michael Wiley's very consistent, but Jonah's got that next gear. You know, Jonah is is an elite running back. Like he is his numbers at the end of the year, back to back games where he's basically gone close to 200 all-purpose yards yeah he's got a motor i mean it's just and he's strong and you can't tackle him and it's just it's it's wild so um tonight was the night though that i think we finally saw all that depth when you've got three guys with double digit carries and each guy does does well and you know it, it's today yeah yeah baby it's yeah. all good baby on one uh, song it's all good good problems to have honestly all right. Um, well, what stood out about the receiving group? I'm glad you asked, Shelby. You're coming up with really good questions. Thank you. I wrote them myself. I don't want to take all the credit, but I'm going to take a look right here, babe. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. So on Thursday, I said, yo, Jed, what up, baby? And I said, uh, what are your thoughts on that third receiver spot? And he said, look, Montana's good. We got to start forcing him the ball a little bit. It's basically what he said. Today was the first game all season where they forced him the ball a little bit. Like they got him going. Uh, five catchers for 32 yards, uh, but they they got like they got him going right. Like they said, you know what, we're gonna make you an option where the defense at least has to respect you. Um, Jacob Cowing was really weird tonight in the way that he was used. Very very short patterns, only like five like eight catches for 30 yards. It was basically like, look, you're, we're gonna just give you quick whatever. Uh, T Mac did T Mac things, you know, 68 yards. Um, they just spread the ball out. Tanner, four catches. Kevin Green, again, that goes back to the the three receiver. Like, Kevin Green was getting real snaps. I know, it's crazy. Like, he got written two for 27. Uh, A.J. Jones had that ridiculous catch, you know, uh, where you said, oh, crap, he caught that. Um, Speedy Luke, again, had that one 17-yard catch. Uh, it just Malachi Riley finished with the catch. Like, they just spread the ball out um, completely. And, and... Arizona needs a third receiver. And I understand Jed's perspective of like, look, Jonah Coleman had four catches for 98 yards. I don't care what position he is. Those are receiver numbers. Tanner McLaughlin had four catches, 48 yards. Those are receiver numbers. But Montana being an option on the outside forced Washington State to really actually care about him. Like they gave, they forced the issue and it opened things up for pretty much everyone. So Running back and wide receiver depth uh, was very clearly on display tonight. <clears throat> I had a thought, too. I, this has nothing to Whoa. do with the rest of the questions happening here. but Thank you, baby. Um, it was also weird tonight. And I'm in this, the, the Pacto officiating was pretty clean like as far as like frustration level. If I was a Washington State fan, obviously they, they got um, penalized quite a bit. But some of those penalties were on the offense that you don't normally see, like that face mask. I think Jed op- was genuinely that, surprised. He was shocked that that, that wasn't against a, Arizona. Yeah, that they called an offense. And it wasn't a penalty in Arizona. Right. It wasn't even close. But you're like, face mask on an offensive face mask? And then there was another one. I thought the refing was really good. I thought the refing was very clean, fair tonight. There were five penalties for each team. I, I didn't have a problem with any of the calls. But the, the ones that Washington got were poor times, which is a very Arizona-esque uh, thing there's, that you know in the past yeah, there's we would have play. The pick they call play. And, and that's not often called. They called the pick play on it was weird. third down, I believe. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was really weird. So anyway, just 
Uh, obviously, Washington State was having a thing tonight, and to our advantage, Arizona is really good. But I was thinking about the the uh, like that offensive you, face mask. I like when you it was think. Weird. Thanks, babe. You know. Um, alrighty. Well, on the other side of the ball, defensively, it was complete domination. What did Arizona do to contain the Cougars? So if you remember in the preview, we like I wondered what the approach would be because Washington State's offensive line is bad. Right. We, we knew that. We was said bad. that. So it was: Does Johnny Nansen blitz become super aggressive? Does he play zone? Whatever. Arizona was able to get a pass rush with three guys, mm-hmm. and because they were able to get a pass rush with three guys, that changed the entire game. Because now Cam Ward, and there were plays where he had a ton of time, but the problem was. Arizona was covering him, right? Um, you know, you take a look at Cam Ward's numbers, Shelby, 22 of 30 for 192 yards and a pick. That's awful. It was real bad. And then Washington State tried to get cute with Mateer, and we had mentioned him too, like how many carries he's going to get. He only got two carries. And then they allow him to throw, and he's a quarterback. This isn't just a random thing. And he threw that the pick. Yep. On the on the double pass, whatever. It's just awful play. Mm-hmm. Awful decision to throw it. Um I don't think I've seen this before, but his QB rating was actually a negative 13. Whoa. Uh, which is cool. He actually should be. That's actually kind of I mean, of he neat. could get an award for that. Right. Um, so instead, what Nansen said is, look, I think we can get pressure with three men. We're going to drop our other players back. Um, and, and it worked to perfection. Uh, you know, one of the easiest things to do in college football, usually unless you run an awesome air raid, is to defend against one-dimensional offenses. Uh, Washington State had 22 carries for 35 yards. Uh, Payne had three for 23, and I think one of them was at the end. But Jenkins, four for eight. Nakia Watson had five for zero. Washington State's starting running back had five carries for zero yards in a touchdown, which is the coolest stat ever, zero yards in a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if, if you're going to average 1.6 yards per rush, uh, and 2.4 without the sacks, you're not going to be very successful. So they were able to stop the run. And look, Jake Dickert, the, the Washington State coach, said after, like, against the dime they had been, and I don't think this is right, but he said again, in the dime formation, Arizona had been letting up eight yards a rush going into this game. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I don't, I don't know if that's right. Um, but he said for some reason in this game they couldn't run the ball. And then he said he got, he straight up said, I got outcoached. Uh, yeah, and that's the second week in a row. Right. Johnny Nansen, give my guy his flowers. He took so much crap last year. Fire him this, fire him that. And I said, look, let the guy bring in some players at least. Some and good players. At the end of the day, oftentimes in college football, you're only as good as your players. And so they rebuilt the offense, and I feel like we said this last week and the week before. But we are seeing it like his strategy is working. Again, are they perfect? Are they going to be perfect the rest of the year? Are they pr- no. Are they probably going to have a bad game coming? Yeah. This is a top five defense in the Pac-12. It absolutely is. Like, Arizona's defense isn't just good, you know, Middling to fair. It is a good defensive team, which feels wild to say. Washington State's offense, I don't know what's wrong with it in the UCLA game, but again, that UCLA game was the first game where it struggled. This game, it struggled more than the UCLA game. Uh, Arizona's defense completely dominated Washington State's offense to the point where um, you couldn't even, like, Washington State finished with 234 yards, right, Shell? Yep. 
the the first drive was 11 plays for 75 yards. So 75 of those yards came on the first drive, which means that I'm not really good at math, but <laughs> 160 yards for the rest of the game. The whole rest of the game. It, that's insanity. That's crazy. So, yeah. I will also need to give some flowers to somebody. Um, Me? To you. Uh, because on our game preview podcast, Jason predicted in his creepy, prescient way that he has, he said Arizona would have its first interception. The defense would have its first interception of the season in this game. And it happened. And you were right. It's not easy. Being and it was, it was price off. Price off. And then Takario Takario played. Takario. Crazy, he had the, the pick. Um, on, and then he had one of his actually more impressive plays, but they tried to test him down the sideline, and with his outer hand, he put his hand up and, and tipped the ball Got down. Got it out, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the secondary. Was Not just, only does he have a really cool name, like, you know Takario right? is the coolest freaking name. You know his nickname? Uh, no. Bobo. Okay, no, I refuse to call him that. Bobo. He has a, such a cool name, Takario. Bobo. He had a great game. So anyway, Jason gets his flowers for your creepy little thing that you do. Um, well, we kind of just mentioned it, but who stood out on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I think at one point tonight, Shelby, you actually took your bra off and threw it out the screen to I just did. to Justin Flo. I, I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous, but he was awesome. Yeah, you know, it's a really weird game because the tackles were like Washington State only ran um, fifty-five plays compared to eighty for Arizona, so. There's not like any crazy tackle numbers. Price Lock, I thought was outstanding. Uh, Monty was great. Um, Taylor Upshaw had the sack. To me, there were two guys that really stood out. Uh, one of them was Price Lock, and the other one, Shelby, mm. was my guy. Your guy. Jacob Kungaika comes in. Yes. <laughs> comes in and says, you know what? Check this out. Sack, tackle for loss on the run play. I mean, those were the only two plays he made all night. He was awesome. Um, yeah, I, it, it, there's so many guys I can mention. I'm just going to mention them, whatever, because it's any other shout-outs. I'm going to go down the line. So, wait, I, the, the last question is, do you have any yeah. other shout-outs? Yeah. Let's just go down the line here. Okay, let's there's, do it. There's quite a few, I think, guys that, that deserve credit. I always say I'm very mean when I want to be, and I, I criticize players, but I'm also – uh, when I'm not criticizing and it's time to compliment, I, I compliment them. Uh, Gunnar Maldonado, for the Gunner. second straight game, has been excellent. Seven tackles, five solo. He was excellent. Uh, I'm very curious. I think the USC game is literally... Do you think that he listens to our podcast and you probably you I motivate. Feelings? I motivate. I think USC game was his highest coverage grade like ever. It may be higher this week. Um, who else, Shelby? Who else? Uh, Big Bill. Big Bill Norton. Yes. Kagaika, uh, I said. Now, there's one guy where it won't show up in the stat line very much. But his contribution on defense I know what you're gonna say. was impressive. And I think we actually heard about him for almost the first time all season on TV. But his, his, he's actually picked up um, playing time a bit in the last few weeks. Uh, Jeremy Mercier has been awesome as a spy. That is his role. Nansen puts him in and says, spy. Um, and then he spies. And he did an absolutely 
fantastic job. Uh, I mean, it, and, and Cam Ward, while not a super-duper runner, he will run at times. He finishes with uh, sack-adjusted, eight carries for four yards. I mean, what more do you want? And really, I should shout out the whole damn defense because I don't think well, anyone— Well, you could say Martell Irby had a couple, like, almost— Oh, Irby oh, should have it. But really, I love Martell Irby. When you watch that game, like— there's so not good. one guy in defense that I think the entire game where you're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Um, you know, Arizona's O-line at times didn't play that great. Jordan Morgan definitely needs a bye week. He's pretty banged up. Uh, Brennan Jackson on Washington State's the real deal. He had a sack, two tackles for loss. But then Ron Stone didn't do anything. He had one hurry. And Ron Stone's really good, too. So if you can limit one of them, uh, you, did, you did rather well for yourself. So all in all, Shell... Oh, uh, oh, I got a shout out. I got to always do a shout out here uh, to the other side of the ball, to Tyler Loop. Yeah, we need to talk about something. And to Austin Dorp. There's no way that GPA is real. So, the, right? yeah, the GPA that they put up for that, that award that Austin Dorp is up for, he's got a 4.65. I don't even think that's And he's like, possible. what is aerospace engineer? I, I mean, he's the smartest football player I've ever been around. Of all time. But, but I don't think a 4.65 in college is possible, is it? We've had people tweeting at us because I, I did a funny tweet about saying that that other player in Washington State wasn't going to Yeah, you only have win. a 3.65. You only have a 4.12 <laughs> or whatever it was. But um, someone tweeted us, like, that's not even possible in college. You can't be over 4.0. Tell that to the aerospace engineer. Well, apparently you can in the Pac-12. Like, I don't I don't know. But in any case, as usual, our special teams, great job. I yeah. mean, that, Austin Drove had that beautiful punt, like, went down at the 10, I think. That was crazy. And obviously, I just don't... For me, like, the people that get taken for granted, like, the people that are, like, giving you field goals and, like, the extra it's points, like those you, are important. You take me for granted sometimes. Oh, babe, but you don't kick field goals. Yeah, but I, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say something really dirty, but I decided I'm so to. glad that you stopped yourself. I stopped myself because that's what I do after a win. And you know what? Shout out to Jed Fish because I think that he called a great game. We need to talk about one more thing before we close. And we need to talk about, well, oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Okay, so if you if you guys know me well at all, you know that I'm all about petty. Like, people will tell me on Twitter, you're petty, and I'll be like, I wear that with, like, a badge of honor. Jason's a Leo, guys. He's fucking crazy. Sean Miller was my dude because he was so petty. The timeout against Alford, oh, I adored it. Tonight, my guy Jed went full petty after the game on radio with Brian Jeffries, and Shelly and I are listening in the car, I'm recording, and I'm like, all right, everyone be quiet, and we're quiet, and he goes, I guess, so he basically said something like, I guess you could say that it's proof that we developed freshmen, huh? We both went, <gasps> oh, Jed, get him! Bang, bang! <laughs> so, uh, that was awesome when he said that, very clearly directed at a local recruit's father. Father. Yes. And if you know, you know. You should probably yeah. be listening or the podcast. And if or you're rushing to figure it out, boards. if you're rushing to figure it out, I think you'll get it eventually. Yeah, go on to the to the boards and you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Anyway, overall, great night, elation, happiness. Everybody gets to have a break. It's great timing because next Saturday, when you're trying to figure out what to do. You can go to Miranda's Fall Festival oh, good segue. from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Miranda's Heritage River Park. If you want to find out more information, go to MiranaEvents.com. Yes, that's a plug for Miranda Events. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Bing bong. And uh, there's mutton busting. 
There's carnival rides. Okay. All right. Anyway, it's not UVA football, but it'll still be fun. Shelby, you know what to do. Bear down. Also, Shelby, I have to bring up one more petty thing. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice who took the knee to end the game? I did see that. Jed Fish putting in Jaden Delora to take that knee was hilarious. Chef's kiss. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.